Okay, well, welcome back, everybody. We apologize about not being able to be here last week. And, you know, not to say some stuff happened, but uh, it was a pretty hectic week. And, unfortunately, we couldn't really roll one out last week. But we are kind of making this a a two-week update, in a way. We're going to be talking about stuff that happened last week and this week but not in detail it's going to be kind of just overall of random stuff that happened and we actually have a very specific topic that just happened within the last few hours which is pretty exciting um, some big news for the gaming community but so we have three topics this or i guess that we're going to talk about today. We have anime, obviously. We have movies, obviously. We have television and gaming. So today we have four topics that we're going to be talking about. And within those topics, obviously, there's there's different animes and different movies that we're going to be talking and discussing. We want to start off by talking about Demon Slayer. And yeah, unfortunately, it is over. Um, episode 11 was the last episode of season 2. It's a, it's a little weird because season 2 has been going around since the Mugen Train arc, which started like in November, right? So people didn't really consider that as part of season 2, but it was. It, it was part of it. I guess it was just Euphorable's way of kind of having to blend in both seasons and kind of make up time it to be a winter 2022 anime but we don't really want to go into much detail um we kind of really want you guys to watch it but like i said so there was two parts there was the mugen train arc there was the entertainment district arc in the mugen train arc as we saw in the movie we meet the upper rank demon um rengoku is the one that is in charge of fighting against akasa and obviously we have Tanjiro, Nezuko, Inosuke, and Zenitsu fighting against Akasa. And we, they fight against the other demon that puts people to sleep. But the, the most important and relevant fight is obviously with the upper rank 3. And unfortunately we see the demise and the death of Rengoku. And all those, all those events obviously have to lead in to the new season, where we meet Ten Tengen Uzu, which is the sound Hashia. We meet his three wives, which were very controversial in the first weeks that this anime aired, because a lot of people weren't happy with the fact that an anime like this was condoning polygamy. And this was very kind of focused in a few countries more than others because there's countries who don't see that as something very appropriate to talk and to kind of teach to younger audiences who might be watching but you know obviously there's other countries that practice it and unfortunately it's just part of life and we can't really change that so we meet his three wives and obviously we meet the new demon which we don't really want to spoil and if you have been listening to the podcast you definitely know but just for it being like a recap i'm not really gonna say 
anything about the demons, just that the plot of this part two season is that they have to go to the Yoshiwara district to find the missing wives, which were kind of rumored to be just, they haven't been calling back, and he kind of got really, really worried about them. And, you know, they all go out, they, they look for them, they find out that the prettiest girl, which is Daki, and in the uh, in the district, she is actually a demon. So when uh, Tanjiro finds out, he has to fight, and this leads to one of the coolest fights between Tanjiro, Nezuko, and Daki. We have Tanjiro who develops his Demon Slayer mark in in kind of like a final final resort where he's basically on his last leg. And he unlocks his power and he just goes and kind of beats the shit out of Daki. Not even gonna lie. They do talk a lot, I will say that. But when he's fighting and he's using uh, his flame style, oof, the sun breathing technique, Jesus Christ, it's fucking lit, man. It's just insane. And the animation is, is top notch. So we have that right after Nezuko fights Daki. Again, Nezuko uh, develops her demon marks, and it feels like she ages five years in 20 seconds. Her her body just develops, becomes older, bigger, more mature, and she just rips the shit out of that. She just starts beating the fuck out of her body. Just insane, insane fights. And we have... Tanjiro and and then after obviously we have Tanjiro and Tengen versus the demon while at the same time we have Zenitsu and Inosuke against you know Daki and and that will do those those two simultaneous fights are just insane and and, and going back to to the final episode the opening sequence is just a town destroyed and the demon's just kind of sitting there mocking Tanjiro. And I just remember waking up and tweeting about this. And we were just like, we woke up, we booted up Demon Slayer, and what do we see? A burned down town with the upper rank six. Just, just it felt like there was complete despair. It felt like they weren't going to make it out of this one. But it's a shonen and they have to. <laughs> but regardless, we felt that. We felt the tension we felt the fact that jesus how are they gonna get out of this right and it's it was such such a good season you know obviously it's it's gonna be in the nine nine 9.0s 9.5s for most people there's people who kind of give it less rating for you know xyz reason but here at yaya entertainment we gave it a 9.5 it wasn't a 10 only because at first I felt that the demon was very two-dimensional. They they didn't they didn't have anything that made them, you know, um, relevant or I don't really know what the right word is, but it just they just didn't feel very interesting to me. They felt very two-dimensional. They felt like there was no layers to their character. They just felt like they were there 
to be demons to fight against the heroes and that's it and as as the season went by we start realizing who we are you know the final episode reveals their entire history what they lived through and it isn't until then that but it's in typical demon slayer fashion you don't know about the demons until the very end when they're beaten and tanjiro kind of is there to confront them and and be there for them right so we get their whole backstory and that's when when i felt that they became real human because at some point they were and in their human lives they were despised they were treated like shit and and unfortunately they were killed off right they were not killed off but the girl you know commits some sort of crime and the people of the village they stab her in the back kind of as a as a way of saying like like yeah we can give you your beautiful or whatever but we're not gonna put up with your shit and obviously the brother is is or her brother at the time right is not gonna take it either you know, you just see those two cr- have that big connection. And towards the end, you know, the demon has that human humanity part to him. He, they still retain that that family. He still cared about, or uh, she still cared about her family. And, you know, she's willing to do anything for them. And, and that's, that's, that's all I'm just gonna say. Um, it was a really good, really good this overall season, and just those were one of my nitpicks. I also one of my other nitpicks was also kind of like how Tengen was. He was a little weird with the little girls. That was just it. It just didn't feel like it was very respectful, but it was just his way of living his flashy life, and of course we find out why he lives this life later in the story but he really redeems himself when his wives and particularly one ask for a very specific request and towards the end of the uh, season he says yes he he's very human he still respects those around him he still respects his wives regardless of the fact that he's living this flashy life and I thought that was very good character development for him towards the end. And I really, really enjoyed that aspect. Re- really getting to see him start off as like this, this carefree, this I don't give a shit about anything but how life, how flashy my life can be. To the end where he respects the people that he worked with, where he respects the wishes of his wives. I feel like that was a very, very natural progression for his character and i really enjoyed watching that but those were were my overall impressions of demon slayer i really enjoyed it and again euphorable kills it in the animation department as always and i love i love this towards the end obviously we have this big convention where the upper rings are getting summoned to infinity castle by muizan and that's our epiphany so we're really looking forward to it season three is announced so all we can say and all we can do is just wait 
we don't know when it's going to be coming out we don't know anything about it but all we can say is i'm really excited and everybody's really excited but we have attack on titan for the rest of the season and it'll be fun we won't be able to wake up and watch demon slayer and then right after watch attack on titan but that's okay it's no problem you know we're, we're very happy and satisfied with what season two of demon slayer gave us and now all we can do is just look forward to attack on titan and it's ending i'm really excited for you guys to to know what happens after this because it's getting really intense the rumbling has begun as they say annie has awoken uh as of last week's episode levi is not dead and we have hanji back just it's it's starting to pick up it's starting to get to the point where we have been discussing that it's going to get just top tier top tier but we won't be talking about attack on titan this this in this week's podcast just be just for time's sake but we do have a mid-season update for my dress-up darling this anime is dominating the weekly charts dominating when i say dominating there's been weeks where this anime has beat demon slayer and attack on titan in obviously not all charts but in some charts and it's just really nice to see some an anime like this really like be loved by by the anime community it's a really enjoyable watch yes don't get me wrong there is a lot of fan service there's a lot of of a dynamic boobies and a lot of you know naked shots and everything which is your typical kind of like not to say etchy because it's not really etchy it's more of like how do they call them but the point is that there's a lot of fan service and there's a lot of people who don't like certain animes because of the whole fan service aspect of it you know they don't like the the beach episodes they don't like the 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 pool episodes etc etc because they just over and fluctuate just the fam the female parts right but i feel like as much fan service as this anime gives us they also give us as much complexity in in the relationship that these two have you know marin and and gojo are just these really awkward people marin well actually marin is a lot more like social she is the otaku she literally uh cosplays or she wants to but she's not very successful because she wants to be as authentic as possible so she has someone like gojo who helps her who who not only is gojo helping her but he's also learning the techniques because in last week's episode the grandpa is like you're getting better and it's because you're helping her you're 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 changing the way you work and you're experiencing the different ways of working that it'll make you very flexible and and there's different techniques that you can use and it'll become your own style and i feel like towards the end of this anime we obviously don't know because it hasn't even ended in the manga but i feel like towards the end we're going to be very satisfied with the character that gojo becomes because it wasn't like he just copied his uh his grandpa no it's him he's working with different cosplays obviously they just introduced a new one 
but he's going to be working with Manning on all her different cosplays. And it feels like this is a very normal and enjoyable way to see his character development and his character growth. And as he's, you know, growing as a character, so is Manning. Her love for him is, is becoming more and more complex. She's obviously right now she's in her like little lovey lovey stage. She doesn't know what she's feeling. She she loves him or whatever. But I feel like towards the as the anime progresses, it's it's gonna be a different type of love. It's not gonna be a oh lovey lovey dove. It's gonna be more of a why do I love this person? Like why is it what what is it about him that makes me love him? Right. And I think that's why this anime is starting off and if they keep doing it like this they're gonna have a really good slice of life i i just i hope that they can continue with this cloverworks unfortunately has a bad rep with the promised neverland of just kind of <laughs> shitting on the second season making a really good one but shitting on the second one so obviously i'm hoping that they learn their lesson and and if they don't and it's really going to suck for everybody that really enjoyed the first season of, or is going to enjoy the first season of My Dress Up Darling. But obviously that's looking into the future. We can't tell. We can't predict. We can only know what's going on right now. And what we know is that this story is extremely, extremely enjoyable. And there's a reason why it is dominating the weekly charts. Even though there's animes like Demon Slayer, Attack on Titan, you know, you know what I mean? But but their relationship dynamic is extremely cute. It's really funny. There's one scene where they're hanging out at Marin's house and she just gets really flustered. And she's like, oh my God, we're in a rune date. And she just starts going off about what a rune date is and how much she likes him and how she makes him feel. It's really cute. It's really cute. And these two characters really, really portray the people that watch this type of or the anime in general. Because there's this one scene where they're watching the, they're watching the, what are they called? They're watching the, I don't know if it's an ad, it's the video game, I'm pretty sure, of the other girl. I forget her name, but of the, of the other girl, she wants to cosplay as one of the characters. And so they're watching it because he wants to really get a feel for who these characters are. And he obviously, he says like, hey, like I want to watch or, or watch or play the game. So he's watching it and he just starts crying. He's like, yeah, yeah, go, 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 go. Like cheering her on, crying. And it's like, dude, that's literally us when we're watching animes and we're like rooting for the characters. And it's it's really funny. But as as of this last episode, I'm really enjoying it. I think it's an easy 9 point or 9 out of 10 for sure. Obviously, but we haven't. It hasn't wrapped up. It's still airing. So I'm just going to, as of my mid-season update, I'm just going to say a 9. Because as what has happened, it's, it's, I, I give it a 9, man. It's, it's really fucking good. Like, it's, it's good. Uh, in this next segment of the anime part, part 2, there's been a lot of announcements recently. And we want to talk about just what we they're the most expected animes of spring 2022 so as we're reaching the midway midway point of this season we kind of start looking into what's coming right so for spring 2022 sorry 
Why I have to burp. My two most anticipated animes that I have is going to be The Rising of the Shield Hero Season 2. I have been looking forward to this forever. And honestly, I thought it was going to be a lot longer. So thank God that it came out already because I was going to cry. <laughs> but it got announced and it's going to be in spring 2022. It actually got delayed. It was already supposed to be coming out. But I'm happy that they delayed it. That way I can focus on watching The Rising of the Shield Hero. And the next one, which is going to be Kaguya-sama. Kaguya-sama is one of my favorite and funniest slice of life animes. And honestly, I, I've just been putting off the manga just because I don't want to know what happens. Like, I don't want to know because I just want to watch it. Because I know I'm going to I'm gonna miss it. I'm going to want to watch the anime already. I'm just going like, to be impatient. And and I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm just going put it, to put it off, put it off, put it off. But I'm really excited. The the War of Love returns in season three. They've been promoting the shit out of it, and I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, I season two was one of the best seasons that I've seen in Slice of Life recently. There was a lot of uh, character development from from side characters. It's 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 impressive what this anime does with its all its characters and the entire cast. But. I'm really looking forward to this, as you can tell. Uh, for our next three upcoming ones, they're going to be movies, actually. So we have Dragon Ball Super Superhero, which airs April 22nd in Japan. And it just got announced a few, it might have been last week, that we're going to be getting here, getting it here in the States this summer. And that's actually really cool because sometimes we have to wait a long time. For this next one, the quintessential quintuplets movie, the it airs May twentieth. We don't know when that's gonna come out. For all for all we know, it might not even come out until next year. Which kind of sucks because that's the movie that I'm really looking forward to. It. I I've already read the manga. I already know who wins. But I'm actually very curious to see what they keep in this movie, because there's there's still half of the manga that needs to be adapted, and they're gonna try to adapt it in one movie. So I'm curious just to see what aspects of the manga they're going to cut out because there's a big chunk that that happens in the manga so the manga not to spoil it or anything but there's at least 30 30 ish chapters where there's one arc and obviously we've seen different anime um just anime productions where they adapt like 30 plus chapters but in this one it's just like i don't see how they're gonna try to blend everything but that's just one part they're still missing i think two arcs before and after but this one arc is very very extensive and there's a lot that happens so i'm really looking forward to see what they cut out what they keep and i just hope it doesn't really ruin the movie <laughs> because a lot of people didn't like the ending of the quintessential quintuplets but it was mostly because of the fact that didn't they didn't have the person that they wanted to win and i just feel like if they can execute the the following arcs adequately we're gonna have a really solid movie it doesn't have to be great because obviously it's 
they're not going to put in that amount of like animation or anything like that it's, it's going to be purely a plot driven story yeah, but I just feel like they can really do something special with this movie and it's it's it can be like Saikano where I enjoyed the f first season I enjoyed the second season but the movie was just in incredible the way that it ended it just felt so fulfilling I, I wanted to I teared up at the end I'm not even gonna lie but I feel like that's the, the, the direction that the quintessential quintuplets movie should take and if it doesn't I'm gonna be really sad <laughs> for our last expected movie or anime movie it's odd taxi which comes out April 1st I personally have never seen it but I know that a lot of people have seen it and really enjoy uh, enjoyed odd taxi so I don't really have much to say about this all of that the only thing I have to say is that it comes out April 1st we don't know when it's gonna come out here in the States if it ever might come out in the States but that's that's news and so we had some announcements that also transpired in the last couple weeks or just yeah I guess two weeks we have confirmed classroom of the elite season two and we have additional details coming out March 6 because they didn't announce anything all they said was that it was in the works that's it but to me this is one of the most underrated animes that a lot of people don't talk about and it, it left off with a cliffhanger like it's one of the most intense cliffhangers I've seen in a while actually I saw this this anime a while ago right and still it was one of the cliffhangers that left me like oh shit no fucking way because the story the the anime and the light novel is about this this school that their their way that they progress through school is purely based on achievements so they have to one up the other class as a whole it can't be as like one person carries no it has to be as a whole and and that part like they get put into a bunch of different scenarios and and kind of like challenges and I remember just thinking like, oh my God, like who's orchestrating all this stuff? Like, it's crazy. And then at the end you figure out who it is and it's just like, what the, f this guy was manipulating everything. Like it's, 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 it's so good. It's so good. It, it takes a lot of, I, I, I won't say rewatching because you can obviously pick it up, but it also leaves a lot of clues. Like, like Attack on Titan, when, when we first watched the first season, if we watch that now, there's so many links to like little plot points that are scattered throughout the anime. And that's the case for Classroom of the Elite too. There's there's things that you feel like it might not be impactful, but it might. Obviously, I've never read the light novel, but there's little details in which we see like, oh my God, like, okay, this happens. Okay, this happens. Okay, this happens. Well, why does this happen? Or why might this happen? Or this, it's, it's, it's. I guess in that sense, is it's really interesting to to kind of rewatch this, and and I'm probably gonna rewatch this, you know, before season two because it's been a while, and I'm not gonna lie, I binge watched it. I was I just zoomed through that shit like so fast because it was that good. <laughs> but 
So the next topic is is uh, Full Metal. So we have it got announced that there's going to be a 20th anniversary project. There's no details on it. We know nothing about it. We just got a little poster where Scar is kind of just chilling with all of his tattoos, and it just said project announced. So that's all we know. I really can't give any give you any details because that's all I know. That's all we all that's all we know. But that's okay. Full Metal remains one of the top 10 anime for me that I enjoyed that I will rewatch until the end of time. So hearing that there's a 20th anniversary project coming up, I'm stoked, you know that. Uh, Vinland Saga Season 2 and Chainsaw Man are announced for 2022, but as of right now, there's still no release date. So like, what's going on? Obviously, they're both animated by MAPPA. Well, actually, they're actually... Chainsaw Man is animated by Mappa. Villain Saga still hasn't been announced publicly that it is being that it is being worked by Mappa, but all the details point towards Ma- Villain Saga being animated by Mappa. As of a few kind of just a few days ago, I've been doing research on which studio because I binge watch all of Reagan and Kings. If you haven't seen it, go fucking watch that shit. That shit is fucking fire. It hasn't ended. I don't want to talk about it in this podcast, but that shit is fucking fire. And I was going to talk about it, but I decided not to just because it hasn't ended. And it's kind of like in a very pivotal point. If if I talk about it, it's just going to be very, very like long. It's going to be 18. It's going to be like 18, like 18 episodes worth of content. And that's just way too much for right now. But that story is good it's about a little boy who is deaf and tiny (laughs) he's a tiny giant and he basically just is is disowned not disowned because that's that's a very rough word but his disability doesn't allow him to be seen by everybody as a potential candidate to be a king so that's really all all i want to say about it it's 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 really good that's expect some sort of like 30 minute segment on it or or a youtube video on reagan kings once it ends but it really was and is a very enjoyable experience i'm having a lot of fun watching it and i think the animation style is really cute but going back to which studio i recently heard i'm not sure i just read it somewhere and it would make sense as to why they're dropping all of these big name projects and kind of having to work with the middle ones and the low ones so like ranking of kings was a mid one but because of the good job that they've been doing it's been doing really well but vinland saga is oh vinland saga and attack on titan i I think attack on titan might have just been just disagreements like very very extensive disagreements but now that we think back and we kind of see what's going on at which video this might have been going on for years so apparently it seems that which studio is like bankrupt so they have no money right and when I read this, obviously, I'm not sure. Like, this, just take this with a grain of salt. I can't confirm it. Although I might look into the uh, the accounting into it. But it's a different country, so it's a little different. Obviously, I can look into 
anything that is going on publicly traded here in the United States, but it's in, in Japan it's very different. I don't know how that works. But but it was announced, or I guess it's it's rumored that they they are bankrupt or broke. Obviously, the source just kind of said broke. They don't have any money, so we don't know if they're bankrupt or if they're just low on funds for for whatever reason but that's what i heard and it would make sense as to why they're dropping projects like Linden saga i it, it it said in an article that the reason they dropped it was because the creator of Linden saga had disagreements with foot studio but now that i look back and that would make sense if if they're broke that means if they're broke then that means they would obviously be differences because the animator would want something really special to be animated and they if they don't have the money to animate that then they're not going to do it or they're not going to be able to do it so if the villain saga creator is like no like this isn't going to this isn't going to work for me then with studio is just going to be like well unfortunately we can't work with you and you're just going to have to find another animation studio Hence why Mappa picked it up. It would make sense. Obviously, this is just speculation on my end and just based on the little breadcrumbs that have been going around. So it's it's really unfortunate for Wood Studio because I really like the charm they have. I really th thought and think that some of the work that they do is really good, especially what they've been doing with Ranking of Kings and what what with what they did with Attack on Titan and Villain Saga. money's money and if you don't have money to animate something like that then you can't really do anything about it and we can't control it last point Jujutsu Kaisen movie arrives March 18th here in the United States and thank god it got announced season 2 airs in 2023 fuck yeah fuck yeah that's all I'm gonna say about Jujutsu Kaisen March 18th be ready buy tickets they're gonna go on sale I think the 29th or 28th of February so be on that shit and season two we can't wait <laughs> the next segment is going to be movies so I went to go watch the Uncharted movie full reaction review on our YouTube channel but just to kind of give you a little recap it's very different from the games uh, if you've ever played the games you're gonna notice that this movie is not the same it doesn't take place in the same order um, the characters are there but they're not introduced in the same fashion it's just its own story so like I was telling people if you've never played the games then you're probably gonna think higher of it than I do I gave it a pretty average rating it was like a 75% just because the animation was good I thought the dynamic between Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg worked, but Ma Mark Wahlberg just doesn't feel like Sully, and it's just, yeah, I kept picking at it, and I was just like, it's not him, it's not him, it's not him. If you, if you want to see something that is like Uncharted E and is more accurate towards a video game, there's a Nate Fillion short film that is actually extremely well done. I, I remember when I first watched it and I thought it was really good. 
and I enjoyed that a little more than I did Uncharted the movie. But the action scenes are like you're watching Fast and Furious. It just it just fucking goes ape shit towards the end. Like you don't know what the fuck is going on. There's boats flying around the sky. There's planes. There's explosions. There's just like like obviously like in Uncharted. There is scenes like that where things are just batshit crazy. But when you look at it in a movie sense, it's just like, okay, it's a lot more batshit crazy than this. <laughs> but like I said, 75%, it's mid. Games are way better. So that's all I really can say. There's a full reaction video on YouTube if you want to check it out on our Yaya Entertainment on YouTube. But looking forward, we have a hypometer. Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, The Batman, Sonic 2, Ambulance. I'm actually really looking forward to Ambulance just because Jake Gyllenhaal is in that movie and I think he's a fucking terrific actor when it comes to fucking people over. Like, I think that's... He was born to play people that are just fucking two-faced. And I feel like Ambulance might be a movie like that. Maybe he doesn't, like, two-face people, but he has to make choices in the heat of the moment. And I feel like He's one of those characters that each, each way that he goes, you're going to feel you're going to feel like he made the right choice, even if it's the bad one. <laughs> um, that's all I can say. He just really, really, uh, he really sells that. And it you can really see it in a movie like Nightcrawler. You can really see it in a movie like, like Spider-Man. And, and that's why when Spider-Man Far From Home, I think it's the one where they're in London. And he's in it. We all, I feel like we all knew what character he was going to play. Like, we saw this dude who was, like, super nice. And we were just like, no, that's not him. He's going to fuck. He's going to be the main villain. And then it turns out that he was. And it's just like, oh, I was right. It's just his character. Like, I think they just fucked up in casting him. Not to say that it was bad. But if you wanted to keep it low-key that somebody was going to be, like, good guy gone bad, it probably wasn't for him. And. At least for me, like, I was, like, when I heard that he got casted, I was, like, yeah, he's going to be the bad guy, for sure. <laughs> um, and Fantastic Beasts. I've actually seen all the Fantastic Beasts movies, so there's actually very interesting things going on with that movie. They fired Johnny Depp for, you know, X, Y reason that we don't really want to discuss here. But they fired him. They have somebody new coming in. Uh, I just recently rewatched Doctor Strange, and it's gonna it's the bad guy from Doctor Strange. So, mm, uh, it's because Fantastic Beast was like Johnny Depp really played the role of him. Who does he? I sh dude, I should have done my research here. But uh, Fantastic Beast, he gets a bunch of roles. Yeah, so Johnny Depp really plays the person as Grindelwald. Like he just fucking sells it. And, and I, I really enjoyed watching it. And and when you have somebody new coming in and they kind of have to prove themselves, it's just kind of like, eh, like, fuck, like, how is he going to do? We're just going to be thinking about what Johnny Depp could have done, what Johnny Depp could have done. And now we kind of have a new com a new character coming in and you're just kind of like, well, we'll see. That's why my hypometer is kind of a little lower, but it's not... It's not terrible. Like, I, I'm still really looking forward to it. 
because they're actually pretty interesting movies. Um, they take place in the Harry Potter universe, and I feel like it's they're they're pretty they're, they're okay. They're not terrible. They're not the greatest thing in the world, but they're also not not bad. So that's kind of like upcoming movies that are coming in in the next few months. If there's any m other movies that all you guys are uh, stoked about, let me know in the or in the coming months just to keep it simple, like probably before July or something. But just let me know if there's any ones that anybody is looking forward to, and I might be able to just kind of catch those if it's not something that I was kind of considering watching. Uh, as for television, I finished Boba Fett season one. And I feel like I still have to, I still want to upload this video on YouTube about Boba Fett because I have a lot to say. But ever since my Demon Slayer 2 one got a little too copyrighted, I have to reconsider how I'm going to do the editing for a season, season long review, reaction review. I'm probably just going to have to kind of go back on, on the edits and do, just change stuff up. Because I really worked hard on the Demon Slayer info to not be able to be posted and it just kind of sucks because I feel like what I had to say was pretty pretty important and it's just a lot of editing to redo but we'll see we'll see but as for this space season two Boba Fett first of all I want to know what you guys thought I want to know if you guys thought it was good if it was mid if it was bad there's people who I have read who thought it was bad. There's people that I read who thought it was really good. And there's a lot of people who were kind of in the middle. And I think I was one of the people that was in the middle, like the low middles, bro. Like it was like if I was giving it like a like a like a final grade on a paper, it was like a 50. Because a 60 is kind of passing, but not passing, at least in college, depending on what co uh, class you're taking. But a 50 is like middle, like you made good points, but somewhere along the way you got really lost in what you were trying to say, and your ending was okay. Uh, it just wasn't as convincing as it would have been if your story wasn't looping around in the middle somewhere. So one of my biggest gripes with this season was if you have, if you know that you have a season that you only have six to seven episodes to work with, why the fuck are you getting, are, why the fuck are you going to give it two episodes to somebody who's not even part of the story? Like obviously he, be, like obviously the Mandalorian becomes a part of the story later, but there was really no reason for you to introduce him the way that you did. Because essentially what happens is that this becomes a the Mandalorian season, what, season two or season three part, season three, episode zero. Because what happens is you, so the Mandalorian goes with the Creed and he's there for a little bit and she asks him, she's like, did you take off your armor? And he doesn't answer at first. And so she asks him again. She's like, did you take off your armor? And and unfortunately, he's kind of forced to say, like, yeah. So he basically gets exiled by the Mandalorian. And they, they spend a whole episode 
on that. And it's it's a little bit of him trying to train how to use the dark saber and and how he got it, blah 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 blah. But then the next part of that same episode, it's Grogu kind of training with Luke Skywalker and kind of like a little background introduction as to the school that, that Luke Skywalker is trying to start that we get full reference of in the in the sequel movies with um, oh my god fuck with Kylo Ren Jesus I had a stupid brain fart with Kylo Ren so we kind of get into the introduction as to what that school was obviously in the in the sequels we don't see it because Kylo Ren destroys all of it but but we start to see the beginnings of what that is and Grogu being Luke's first student and we have the Mandalorian kind of going in looking for Grogu and Osaka is kind of like why are you here like you you're just making it harder for yourself as well as Grogu to go through the training and that's one episode right and it's like where where, where what does this have to do with Boba Fett like it, it doesn't it has nothing to do with Boba Fett so then we go to the next episode and honestly like it was so unforgettable that I, w- I was pretty disappointed that I don't really remember what happened um, but I know for a fact that the Mandalorian goes with Boba Fett he he offers his help obviously I feel like this episode would have been a lot more important to have Alright, obviously this this episode was more tied with Mandalorian and Boba Fett. Because in this episode, you know, Mandalorian goes out into the desert, into Freetown, and he talks with the sh- with the deputy of the town because they they know each other from season 1. And So he's he he goes to him, right? And and he's kind of like, yo, like they're about to like invade, and you need to kind of be careful about just 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 be uh, just keep an eye out and everything. And so and so he's like, yeah, like like we don't really want to fight, like like the people have seen enough violence, blah blah blah. And so he's like, yeah, but we're gonna need your help because you know there's the Pike Syndicate is trying to invade. And he just educates him on what's going on. He's just like, you know what? Like, that's not our fight. Like, we barely have had peace in this town. And if there is some sort of trouble, then I'll take care of it. But if you need help, we'll consider it. And and so he kind of goes like, all right, well, hopefully you change your mind and you can come and help us. So he, he flies out. And that's when Cad Bane approaches the deputy and they kind of get into a little standoff and the deputy dies. And that's when the episode ends. So that that episode makes a lot more sense plot wise into like the story of Boba Fett. Right. And and they leave off with a cliffhanger of Grogu like having to choose between the force or learning how to use the force and Mandalorian. And in the last episode, they have this big fight. Uh, Boba Fett is protecting the town. Cad Bane comes in and he's just like, you guys are like, you guys let us, are you guys going to have to let us do our operation of 
of the spice trade everything's gonna be fine just let us do it and boba fett is like fuck no like you're not gonna be able to do that shit around here like nah get the fuck out so then you know the everybody that is in mon, e- mon espa at least the higher ups that met with boba fett in the pre- uh the second to last episode they all turn on him right and so he has to fight off everybody and i feel like that that would have been a lot more climactic if we had not spent one episode jedi training 101 and had seen the mandalorian get fucking uh like rejected by his kind like there was no point like use that episode to to have something else to like really establish the pike syndicate and why boba fett doesn't want the pike syndicate the syndicate to be like trading it or why is the spice trade so important right well obviously we know but we just know like we don't see its impact and i feel like that's a very wasted episode just to get us to be hyped about mandalorian season three like i don't know that's one of the reasons why it was like a 50 percent to me it just it was a waste of an episode and then towards the end like it just didn't feel like the fight between boba fett and cad bane was climax it it was it was short and sweet but it wasn't it wasn't impactful right It, it it wasn't it didn't make me feel any sort of like like goodness it didn't make me feel like oh yeah right yeah we at the end we we see all the people like rebuilding the town and bowing down to boba fett and everything but it's, it's just like they could have used one episode to really i don't even know like why why not just leave that episode out and just have six episodes like you don't have to use seven or i don't i don't know what happened it was i was very confused as to what or why they decided to go that route and take it but they did and unfortunately we can't change it but those were my thoughts i thought boba fett the first season was was pretty low mid and unfortunately if they do this with season two then it's uh, i'm just probably not gonna not gonna bother after obviously i will just to kind of make these uh these weekly podcasts but it's just really hard to to like something that is all over the place plot wise and and if you're just gonna go in circles and take a break for a week then then just don't don't even take the time to an- to to make the episode if, if that makes sense so but i will say that the ending of grogu choosing mando over luke fits the character of grogu because he really he's he at least he's portrayed in the story as a kid so we don't know if he because we know that yoda is like fucking thousands of years old and he's obviously old but but grogu for all we know could be like a hundred years but in in their time it could be he could still be a baby so they portray him as baby that's the reason why they call him baby yoda and like all the fucking memes and and at disneyland when you buy shirts and shit so it makes sense he wants to stay with the person that he looks as a father figure and it makes sense that he chose he chose the the mandalorian armor over the lightsaber because he doesn't want to be with luke like he doesn't give a shit about the force he he wants to be with the person that he sees as a father figure and that's the mandalorian he wants to go around the galaxy just being with his papa (laughs) right 
so I thought that was very fitting, at least that that as but be, it's because of the the fact that we have two seasons of the Mandalorian to work with. That's why we understand why Grogu decided to make that that choice in Boba Fett. If something like this were to happen in a few uh, in a few seasons, then then it might feel a little different because it's like, well, this is the Boba Fett and the Mandalorian show. Right, it's not the Boba Fett show, and I thought everything up until mm, it was, I think it was episode three with the with the big with the big uh, with the big train heist and stuff. I thought that was fucking goaded. Like I would rewatch the first three or four episodes of Boba Fett. Like hell yeah, and. But unfortunately, that's that's where I peaked for me. I thought his backstory, him coming into the city, nobody recognizes him. Everybody thinks he's a little piece of shit because they know that they're like he's like this heartless bounty hunter. And I thought his growth, his growth was just—I wasn't as justified as I would have wanted it to be, but it was because it's more vocally. It's like. Cad Bane in the episode says you've grown soft and he says I know we all do but it's like you could have used that episode as I re- as I I'm reiterating and I'm probably just m- ram- rambling but they could have used that episode to kind of really show the man that he is now not the man that he that we think he is and and the man who struggled on Tatooine he, he survived getting eaten and he had to survive with the people he had the people that he lived with get slaughtered like we could have seen a lot more character growth from Boba Fett and it would have been very 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 like reflective in that quote but it, it just you they waste an episode on something that it has to do that has nothing to do with it and I guess that's my biggest point that's my, my biggest point is that that line would have been way more impactful if we would have had more character time with with Boba Fett enough with that um peace peacemaker ended i still haven't had a chance to watch it i really need to watch it i hear very good things but then again it's twitter and there's people who say it's good for those who like the james gunn directorial style there's people who found the show very cringy who did not like it but i really enjoy the james gunn style of directing i think his jokes, although they sometimes don't land, most of them do. And I think that they are really <laughs> funny. I think he's funny, man. And, I, and from what I've seen, Peacemaker is probably one of the best DC properties that exist currently. Not talking, but just like, just recently. Out of like everything they've flushed out in the last like five years, it's, it's one of the top ones. And for it to be a TV show, and there's been a lot of DC shows, there's Everything that came out on the CW is a is a DC property, and for uh, for something to be on HBO Max exclusively to be a streaming service to not be on TV, for it to be one of the top ones, it says something. It means they're doing something right at HBO, and I feel like if if this is a good step for them, then they should really take advantage of it. And we're gonna have movies: The Batman, The Flash black adam they're going to be coming out this year so if this show was that as as good as they say that it is 
then the Batman and the Flash are gonna have to fulfill some very big shoes because the Suicide Squad was a very good movie, right? At least to me, I, I, the first what what the first one did wrong was that it didn't feel like it was like it was just too over the top, and it was like the plot just didn't make any sense to me, right? And in this one, it does. They're very simple. They go in. They do their their job, they have kill the boss, and that's it. And they give us laughs in the meantime. There's betrayals, and they they all make sense because we're all aware of what each character represents and what they mean and how how they are. We all know that these characters don't give a shit about each other, right? So they have to kind of adapt to not liking each other. And in the first one, we we kind of didn't buy them even as as a team it just didn't feel right right but that's that's the we're not talking about that right now and peace peacemaker if you have seen it let me know i'm probably gonna try to finish watching it before december because march is gonna be a very hectic month (laughs) for shows and tvs and reaction reviews and all that stuff so our final segment of the night is gonna be gaming and there's three topics that I want to get into. The first one is going to be Horizon Forbidden West. It came out last week. I've been playing it nonstop on my PlayStation. And overall, it's been a really fun game. I haven't finished it, so that way I, I can't really give you any spoilers. But I haven't finished it. But I have played enough to understand the mechanics, to understand just the characters and the story. So first the graphics in the playstation version okay mind you i i only have a monitor i don't have a tv so i can't really take advantage of that 4k bullshit that the playstation 5 has but my monitor does support 144 hertz so this game runs so fucking smoothly on playstation 5 it's it's incredible man like there's there's different scenes where like the sun rays go through the character and it just looks so fucking beautiful. The so when you're in cutscenes and they're like interacting with each other, they they look really realistic. Their movements look like you can tell that the the, the characters yeah, their motion detection system that they have for video games. It's 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 not just their motions, it's also the animation and their characters look really crisp. Um, Aloy's like hair like moves around I don't like how it moves around but at least that mechanic that her hair moves around and it's it's like as she moves around it like moves around with her head and everything I think that's fucking impeccable it's it's really good the graphics in this game is fucking amazing the the quests the side quests are the side quests are all very fun to do I really enjoy them I I find myself going to do like all the side quests I see a little question mark. I go to it. Um, I'm always like trying to trying to get skills and and trying to take out enemy rebel bases and everything. I have a lot of fun with with uh, with being out the the machines and everything. I, it's a lot of fun. I will say there's an aspect of combat that if you are actually in a combat situation where the enemy is aware that you are 
fighting against them, it's very hard. Because, at least for me, I haven't... I'm pretty sure there is no blocking mechanic. There's just a dodging mechanic. But, correct me if I'm wrong. There is a shield blocker that you can equip, but it has to be a, like... It's like an item. Not an item. It's like a skill that you use, and you can only use for, like, a few seconds. And I thought that was pretty, pretty whack, because... This game really needs some sort of defending mechanism because the animals, if you have more than two machines or two people shooting at you, and that's not even considering the people. So like the mini, mini bosses that exist, they have this fucking like minigun that they shoot at you. And if they hit you, I'm playing it on hard. If they hit you like three or four times, you have no health. And then if the fucking machine just comes in and just whacks his head around you and kicks you in the face and you're dead. And there's no way to stop that. There's there's only way to dodge it. And sometimes dodging just... You just like dodge like two feet away. And the animals are so fucking huge. Like it doesn't even feel right. Sorry, my nose is really itchy. And it has been for like 10 minutes. I'm just trying to not think about it. But... Overall, like the quest and everything. If, if you're able to just kind of like stealth kill everybody along the way. It feels super rewarding. You feel like a badass... The kill animations of her just they're they're brutal. Sometimes she like breaks the neck, sometimes she like flips them around and stabs them in the heart. Like they're they're pretty cool. So those are my overall thoughts. Like I said, I haven't finished the story. Um I will say that Aloy is really boring compared to all the other characters. All the characters have like conflict and like there's one that I just played right now where they're all trapped by the by an eclipse they're called the eclipse so they're all trapped and they're forced to to work for them to kind of mine the hills and mine the cave and everything and these kids are like they're like fucking 15 year old kids they're like dude no like i'm fighting i'm gonna fight for my family i'm gonna fight for this like they they have no right doing this to me like blah 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 blah, blah. and she's like like in a very monotone voice she's like no don't fight i'll take care of it and this happens with every character she meets. She's just very boring and very, like, her interactions with other characters are just very bland and uninteresting and boring. She's just kind of like, I understand, but I'll take care of it. And uh, with her, like, play with her uh, little comrade, she, you don't really play with him a lot, but at the beginning, you have to walk around with him. She kind of has some, like, very boring conversations with him and... I will say that she's pretty boring in this game and i've been having some random bugs at the very beginning like i said with a comrade there was this one mission where we had to split out and we had to kill two machines and i killed my machine and i realized that i look back my character is still at the top he hasn't even jumped down or anything and i i was like okay well i'm gonna go try to kill him and see what's up like maybe it'll it'll progress so I go kill him. It turns out that doesn't do anything. So I'm just kind of stuck in that level. Can't do anything. I can't move. I, I mean, I can go move around, but I can't progress in the story. So I save it. I go back. Like, I basically restart my whole game, go back. And that's when it finally works. It happened that. And then it happened again with a side quest that I was doing where 
it was like you had to, there was like a little hologram of like the landscape and you had to per- like perfectly like align it and for like an hour i was like dude i'm doing this right this, this is the angle this is the angle and i and and i was like i started streaming it with my buddy and i was like dude like is this not the angle like is, am i am i wrong and they're like no it looks right it looks right it looks right so i'm like what the fuck so he's like all right i'm gonna check real quick and i don't like checking like like um like uh like gameplays i don't like checking it just because i like figuring everything out by myself that's the whole point of single player games for me it's like i want to figure it out and but i'm just like dude i've been doing it for like an hour bro like what the fuck am i doing wrong so i check it and literally literally i'm like positioned in the right way i like look over and i'm like okay this is the way like i've tried this multiple times it's not working and again 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 so i just say you know what like it was already like one o'clock in the morning i was like you know what fuck it dude i'm I'm done i'm gonna turn it off leave it till tomorrow turn it back on the next day today and lo and behold two seconds later do the same angle done works just like dude seriously like i spent an hour yesterday trying to figure figure this shit out and it was pretty it was kind of whack to be able to lie like that it was bad so but overall everything has been very good just those random little bugs have been pretty annoying um yeah horizon forbidden west it's not bad bro i i would give it like a like a 7.5 it's it's good everything that involves stealth killing uh upgrading your obviously there's a lot of upgrades and a lot of them feel like they don't really matter in the game um but other than that the story the the game bro beautiful beautiful just one of the best experiences i've seen um there's a new season of apex that dropped new legend was mad maggie crypto got a nice little buff the vault is a care package weapon the flatline is only available through crafting ranked is back in olympus and there was this very controversial like so there so apex turned it turned three years the 19th so it was a few days ago i think and it dropped its collection and this time when the season first dropped we noticed that there was no heirloom shards anymore they were called mythics and i was like i made a tiktok i was like so they changed the the heirlooms to mythics for some reason we don't really know why blah 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 lo and behold a week later we find out that this week or i guess this uh, collection doesn't have a heirloom in the shop that if you were to buy all the the collection you don't get an heirloom you get a kind of like a update or upgradable bloodhound skin that you have to do like a hundred thousand damage for you to get the full full tier of it so there's four tiers there's three tiers of the skin and then the fourth tier is you get a like a sorry you get a exclusive i guess like it's your finishing move so it's like exclusive to the pack like you can only ever get it by completing by getting the the mythic skin first of all and you have to rank it up the four tiers which is very unfortunate everybody was pretty pissed i i would i don't buy the heirloom packs anyway so i didn't really care 
but then again it also adds that fact that it makes it harder to get the heirlooms the more content they take out so if i'm not constantly buying apex packs then the chances of me getting an heirloom shard basically goes down like i don't believe in that one to five hundred shit i've been playing this shit for three years i feel like every season resets because i've opened more than 500 packs and it's just unfortunate and it, and every season it just gets worse and worse and worse but i still love the game and i still play it so but it just became a trap where it's like oh i'm gonna buy random skins that i really like and that's it like i'm, I'm done buying the collections and I'm not going to waste my money on that. I'd rather waste it on fucking stupid-ass Valorant skins. <laughs> but whatever. And just to wrap this night up, th again, thank you so much if you're still sticking around. You just send me an at or something, bro. It was a very long episode. We had to kind of compensate for two weeks. And I also mumbled and ranted on Boba Fett for a little longer than I thought. But breaking news for those Call of Duty fans Call of Duty 2023 got delayed a year so the game that was supposed to come out in 2023 got delayed till 2024 and all I have to say is thank you Microsoft it's it's it was the acquisition that that allowed this delay to happen they Microsoft understands the fact that Activision was fucking just pouring the shit out every every year so they could just upsell the shit out of it even if it was a fucking trash game at launch they were still releasing something and they didn't give a shit because people knew that people were going to buy Call of Duty and I feel like if they would have kept doing that after Modern Warfare 2 this new one, this new one that's coming out I feel like a lot of people would have really dropped the game because at least for me I, have, I haven't bought Vanguard I don't plan to, I don't want to and a lot of people fucking hate it. <laughs> a lot of people hate Vanguard. Um, I'm not a content creator, so I don't have to buy it. I don't need new content for me. I can just deal with the news and the tweets and watching other people play. That's all I need. But this change needed to happen. Call of Duty needs, needs this. It really does. And I'm really happy for, you know, for Microsoft and Activision. Not so much Activision because you guys are the piece of shit, but Activision. Um, but Microsoft was the one that was like, you know what, like let's just take a break, bro. Let's just kind of get our ideas together and let's drop something really special for 2024. And I think that's really impactful for just gaming in general because it's gonna allow it's gonna allow the fact that EA really fucked up with Battlefield this year to kind of give Call of Duty a little break. It's like, okay, like, even though um, Vanguard isn't good and, you know, they've been working their butt off for Modern Warfare 2, which is announced for this year, 2022. But with the shit that happened at EA and DICE with Battlefield, ugh, it's just a shit show. And I think Microsoft is going to be able to be like, okay, like, let's just take a break. Like, let's come out with something really good and let's, let's make Call of Duty Call of Duty. And how it was back 10 years ago but supposedly they're gonna drop like some free-to-play um, expansion or some free-to-play aspect of Call of Duty in 2023 it's not like it's gonna be delayed entirely 
but they're going to be working on something smaller and but they are going to delay like the full full game like the full 60 dollar experience until 2023 so just expect this this november to have modern warfare 2 and after that we're going to have modern warfare 2 for two years so that's that's and and if they're able to kind of push out consistent content for those two years and make it good content then we're you're gonna have a really good game it's gonna be really enjoyable but that's all for this week's news we did drop it on a tuesday and i'm really sorry about that yesterday was president's day and i was running around all day with some family matters and everything so i didn't really get a chance to do it but it's here and looking forward to it next week with news and everything that might happen so again to those people that are still here give me a shout out give me a dm thank you so much for your time and have a wonderful rest of your day evening afternoon morning midnight mid whatever wherever you are thank you so much for your time and See you next week, everybody. Bye-bye.